welcome back to Functional Spirituality. This is Ava, and I'm continuing on with our deconditioning series. So I was inspired to put together a series based on what we are diving into in our online mentorship this month, which is all about deconditioning, which is another word for healing. So deconditioning is looking at our actual systems, our nervous systems, which is both our body and our minds, and looking at how it's put together in ways that cause us suffering. And healing is about resolving the suffering that we experience in our lives. And this is so much about what our spirituality entails. Spirituality has mostly been about a response to our suffering, as well as the other components that are sometimes appearing in spirituality, like mystical awakening and things like that. But even that is framed in the context of it will get rid of your suffering. So I created this series to help unpack and clarify some of the biggest obstacles that I have seen in our healing practices and our spiritual practices, because so many times those overlap. So if you haven't already listened, I invite you to go back to the beginning of the deconditioning series. You can also listen to this episode independently, it wouldn't be a problem, but In this deconditioning series, I really break down my journey through healing and relate some of my biggest obstacles and some of my biggest insights. And I also kind of, I'm sure I've explained in these last episodes that I feel so grounded and clear and aligned with now how I approach deconditioning in my own life, how I approach healing how it fits into my spiritual practice, how it fits into my silent meditation retreats or my yoga teacher trainings. And I know for so long I was, and I know for so many people, they are still looking for answers. In no way has my thirst for knowledge stopped. I am still always learning like every night. I am learning and researching and reading, um, you know, and, and on the weekends when I'm not working during the day, I'm, I'm doing that all day long. So I love learning so much, but I feel so, if I never had to learn anything more for the rest of my life, I think I'd be okay. I feel really content with how these big milestones and these big blocks to healing have finally landed for me. And I know that journey is going to keep evolving, but these are some of the things that I wanted to share with you in this deconditioning series. So definitely go back and have a listen if you can. So the topic I want to share today is two ways that our healing techniques work. And this is, again, one of those big misconceptions, and it's not even about healing techniques. It's really about spiritual practices in general, but especially for healing techniques. So there's two ways that they work and we often confuse them and we don't know this distinction. It can 
really provide us a lot of distress and demotivate us and also make our practice less efficient without knowing this. I actually want to share a little funny side note, um, totally unrelated, but I found a way to record these audios on my computer and pause, pause whenever I want to. Um, so, so many people are like, wow, you know, your podcasts are like, how do you just speak for so long without any interruption? But what I found out is how to pause. So actually what's happening in the background is me pausing the recording and I'm like sneezing and coughing and yelling at honey the whole time, but you just don't hear any of it. So let me just pause while I collect myself. I'm not really yelling at honey. I'm just asking her if she wants to come in or out and firmly asking her to make up her mind. Okay, so back to these two ways that our healing techniques work. The first way that our healing tools work is that the the healing tool is taking you deeper. The second way is that sometimes it's you taking your practice deeper. Sometimes it's your practice taking you deeper, and sometimes it's you taking your practice deeper. So first of all, I am assuming that the healing tool, the technique that you're doing, whether it's meditation or yoga or journaling or an embodiment practice, or maybe it's top-down tools where you're working on the content of your mind and maybe doing talk therapy or doing the work by Byron Katie or the RAIN practice. There's, there's so many tools that we have. So first of all, I'm assuming that you have a technique that, that works. And sometimes when you, you've got your tools, you've got your meditation practice, sometimes you do your meditation practice. So you sit and you breathe, and you relax, and you adjust, and you contemplate and provide spaces of stillness and spaces of reflection. And sometimes that practice takes you deeper. That practice brings you healing. This first way the practice works. The practice provides you with the transformation that you are intending the tool to give you. So you sit down for meditation, hoping to get a sense of resolution and connection and peace. And the way that the healing tool works is that it gives you that. So the tool, you sit down to practice your tool and it works on you. And you feel a resolution from the suffering and you feel a transformation in your energy body and your physical body and even your mind has more space. So the tool works on you. It's actually giving you the effects. It's working. And that's one important way, necessary way, that the tool needs to work. The second way is that sometimes when you sit for practice... What is happening is that you are taking the tool deeper. What does that mean? This is, the, this is the one that is most overlooked and neglected. 
when you learn a technique, when you learn meditation, you hear about it as a concept. You read about it in a book, you watch it in a movie, or you hear it come from a teacher, or you do a course, so you, you learn about it theoretically and as a concept. But that concept cannot be mistaken for the practice. You can't mistake the map for the territory. There is a completely different experience of actually using the tool than about learning about it and understanding it only intellectually. So sometimes when you sit to do your healing practice, what you're actually doing is taking the tool deeper and you're actually getting better at implementing the tool. And this is such an important consideration. People assume that as soon as they hear about meditation or embodiment or deconditioning and healing, that they should automatically know perfectly how to do it. But there's this other element, there's this other dimension to our practice where we are learning how to implement it on ourselves in a variety of different situations. We live in a world that denies the complexity of our being. So if you're going to learn a tool, it needs to be implied that you need to learn the tool before, not before it's going to work on you, but as it's working on you, you're going to need to learn how to work it as well. And that's how mastery gets formed. We, we get better at implementing the tools and then eventually you can do work on yourself with any tool, with no tool or, you know, not no tool, but the tools will be really subtle. You don't need so much external help to get you the results that you're looking for, especially with healing, to, to feel resolved, to feel at peace. You can use whatever tools are available to you in the moment, with whatever time, whatever breath, with whatever presence to do the work you need to do. So it really discourages people when they're taught techniques without being, without it being reiterated again and again and again that it is a practice. And also, you do want some evidence that the tool is coherent and will work and is worthy of you investing your time to practice it. So you try something out and if it doesn't quite work, you know, it's always a fine line and a fine balance because sometimes it doesn't work right away and, and we kind of put it aside for years until one day we feel called to pick it back up again. And that's just the way it is. So what's really important for us when we're interested in healing, so we're interested in, in looking at and resolving the suffering we experience in our lives, in the mind and in the body. And by suffering, I don't mean pain. I mean 
unnecessary suffering, so suffering that can be avoided, and that is being repeated due to dysregulation that we have in, inside of our bodies, and it's producing suffering in our circumstances and in our minds and in our bodies that can be avoided. So in order to have a healing practice, we need to really understand how suffering comes into place. We need to understand way better complex trauma. And although there are so many tools and modalities out there that work to produce some healing effect, so maybe they provide safety, maybe they help energy to complete itself, maybe they reestablish patterns or they help us to be more present, more connected, to zoom out from our stories. All of those are profound healing effects. But if they don't understand the wider context that suffering appears in, then it's not, there's no proper integration and the work doesn't really go anywhere. And this is the healing work that I did for so long. And, and so many people say, you know, but your work really did help me and you did such great work. But I know now that that work wasn't integrated because I know I didn't have the wider context of how suffering comes into place, how healing works, how to integrate it, and what it really takes for transformation and resolution. There needs to be the study of the nervous system and there needs to be a study of what suffering is when, when we're looking at deconditioning tools. And so many healing practices are specifically deconditioning tools but they really neglect so much refinement and context, um, which is something that's widespread on our planet. And of course, it infiltrates into our spirituality as well. So the two ways our healing practices work, they, they work to actually resolve suffering, bring safety, complete energy that's stuck in our nervous system, and all of the things that we know that we want from our healing practices. The other way that the heal healing techniques work is by actually deepening themselves in our system and we find a deeper connection to them, a deeper application, a deeper accessibility and the deeper motivation and coherence around how they can be practiced for us. We are a unique, very complex system. And not only for us, but for us at a given time, which is also a very complex system. So this is the tool. This is the step. This is the, the part of our healing that we neglect. We all want really shiny tools and we jump from tool to tool, hoping one day that we'll find a magic tool, the perfect guru, the perfect tool. If I pay enough money, if I look hard enough, if I find the shiniest tool that really opens up all of my energy centers, some magic tool one day will work on us without us ever knowing what it really is we want to solve and without us ever really working the tool. It doesn't work like that. It's for us. In fact, the biggest wound that we need to heal is the lack of connection to ourselves. Nothing and no one can ever do that for us. This is the core wound that we have. 
And it's actually really mundane. There are just reasons that we have, uh, just a bi- biological reasons that we have disconnected from ourselves. And it's so subtle, it's so overlooked. Everyone is trying to do a whole bunch of crap to try to heal themselves without ever connecting to themselves. If you're trying to do a whole bunch of crap, that none of it is actually connecting to yourself, it won't heal you. The only thing you do is connect to yourself, it will heal you. That is what healing is. It is purely about connection. Suffering is due to disconnection. So I'm going to leave this one here for now. Um, Definitely review the other ones. I feel like I say this at the end of every episode. Um, in September, we're going to put together more about this information, just go into a bit more depth into a free workshop, putting it, um, just structuring it a little bit better for learning. So if you would like to get information and not miss out about the free workshop info, the best way to find out would probably be to go to the website and sign up for the newsletter. And we will also share about the workshop on our socials when we do launch it. So yeah, I very much appreciate the podcast um, mode of delivering teachings. um, But I also do like to kind of put it together in one place and get people's attention for the whole time. You know, podcasts are kind of like when you're driving and stuff. So I want to share that with a little bit more structure. So looking forward to, I think we've got one more episode in the deconditioning series. I'm going on retreat this weekend, so I will record it when I get back. And looking forward to the workshop. If you ever want to reach out and discuss the content, please reach out to me. I get so many messages um, in our inboxes for emails and on our socials. Um, which I love, but I also would love to have more of a public discussion. So if there's anything you feel like sharing about the podcast, please pop it into our Facebook group and we can have a discussion and, and see your feedback there. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, make sure you subscribe, then you see when new meditations and episodes come out, which of course help you to stay in touch with this very interesting information that you seem to love. So thanks so much for listening and your support and I'll catch you next time.